I'm Manny Navarro, Miami Hurricanes beat writer for The Athletic. I'm with Carlos Ledo of the MIA All Day Podcast. It is 9.30 p.m. on December 6, 2021. Big day for the Miami Hurricanes. Big day of change at the University of Miami. Uh, something happened? Something happened. I wasn't aware. Yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but they fired Manny Diaz today. Apparently, 9,653 wishes is what it took from the Miami fan base to get it done. They, until they reached that number, it wasn't going to happen. Um, they fired Manny Diaz, and they hired Mario Cristobal, the coach that I thought they should have hired three years ago uh, or 10 years ago when they hired Al Golden uh, or 11 years ago, whenever the hell that was. Um, they they went out. They spent big dough to bring in uh, the coach that has had a lot of success since uh, he left the University of Miami um and you know coaching FIU uh going to Alabama winning some championships with uh, Nick Saban as an assistant and then going to Oregon and winning two Pac-12 championships and a Rose Bowl and they forked over a boatload of money 10 years 8 million dollars a season plus a guarantee Carlos a guarantee that they will spend more money than anybody else in the ACC on assistant coaches. And if you go and you look last year, Clemson spent 8.4 million on coordinators and assistants. And so Miami has guaranteed Mario Cristobal that it is a great day for the Miami hurricanes. If you're a fan of money and getting back into the race, the arms race that is college football and being a team that is going to spend to try to win your thoughts. Hey, it's all positive, man. Listen, it's been, 20 years since the last championship down here. Um, it's been a long time coming, a lot of mediocrity over those last 20 years. And it's been disappointing, heartbreaking for the Hurricane fan base. And if, if nothing else, uh, hope springs eternal, right? So with Mario Cristobal brings new hope of uh, new success for the University of Miami, and we're already seeing it. There's a bunch of guys already commits or uh, recruits that weren't considering the University of Miami or had shied away from the University of Miami who are now interested in uh, possibly coming over decommits from Oregon that may be looking at the university of Miami now. And of course, with the transfer portal now it's, it's jumping. So who knows what Mario can do there? Yeah. A lot of momentum for Miami, a lot of excitement over the changes at the program, but also a lot of uncertainty and a lot of emotions, um, especially for the players that are there. Now, if you, if you were on Twitter earlier today, you saw uh, all the current hurricanes and even some former hurricanes like Jalen Phillips reaching out for Manny Diaz uh, thanking them for giving them an opportunity to come here. Manny Diaz is obviously not happy with the way that he was treated. Um, you know, Miami essentially looking to replace him while he was still out recruiting and, and trying to run the team and, you know, finishing the season, having won five of six. Uh, but look, Miami got their man in the end. Uh, Rudy Fernandez, Jose Echevarria, um, Julio Frank, the school president, they put on a full court press to try to improve the program, both from a coaching perspective and from an athletic director perspective. And you got to give those guys credit. They got the job done. Yeah. And over the last couple of days, when, when things started to look a little, little dicey, 
They went full Arkansas with Nolan Richardson with the 40 minutes of hell, full court press to get this done. Yeah, and, and obviously the money helped. Um, but really, more than anything, it's the infrastructure. It's the promise that all of this is going to happen, uh, that they're going to back it financially. And it's something that obviously we've talked about quite a bit here on this podcast, the Wide Ride podcast, uh, for, for over a month now. Because uh, after I had my conversation with the administration back on November 2nd, that's the first thing I reported was, look, they, they say they're going to spend money. And uh, that's been that's been the issue at Miami. Right. I mean, you can you don't have to necessarily break the bank to find yourself a good coach. But if you're going to hire good assistants, if you're going to hire good coordinators, if you're going to compete with the big boys, you got to spend. And, and Miami made that commitment and they came through with it. And now they're trying to land one of the best athletic directors in the country. And Dan Radakovich, uh, you know, he's the guy that sort of emerged um, as their as their favorite. I'm told from my communications that. Uh, you know, they feel like they're close to getting him. But ultimately, until Mario Cristobal is introduced tomorrow as head coach, which is going to happen around 10 a.m., um, and he gets a chance to sit down and talk with Radakovich, Radakovich isn't going to sign on the dotted line. Uh, he, he needs to uh, basically feel as though uh, him and Mario are on the same wavelength. And if not, if, if Radakovich box, it's a big loss because to me, he's one of the best athletic directors in all of uh, college sports built that Clemson program with Dabo Sweeney, got the school to uh, make a, a boatload of money. It's one of the richest athletic programs in the country now. But Miami knows his value, and they're going to offer him over $2 million a year. He's making $1.3 over there. So they realize that hand-in-hand, hand, if they get Radakovich, a guy who was, by the way, at LSU when Nick Saban uh, was there winning championships and then uh, you know worked his way through the ACC, worked at Georgia Tech, uh, and then, you know, went to Clemson. Uh, he's been around a long time. He's 63 years old and he's been around, seen a lot. They really feel like this is the superstar that's going to take the athletic program to the next level. But if he if he box and him and Mario, for some reason, don't don't go along, I'm told there are multiple candidates uh, in waiting in the wings to see if Miami calls them to, to, to get the job. So we'll see. I, I think everything should be fine uh, when Radakovich and Mario speak here. Uh, in the next 24 hours. And then I, th I would expect that at some point uh, we'll get the formal announcement that Radakovich is taking the job and taking over the athletic director spot. But in the end, Carlos, I mean, if they get those two guys, you look at what happened to Clemson, right? They just lost their defensive coordinator. He's going to be the head coach at Oklahoma. Uh, Tony Elliott, their offensive coordinator, I know is a candidate for, I guess, the job at Virginia. I mean, not only does Miami go out and land two whales, but essentially their biggest competition in the ACC Take some big hits on the chin. Yeah, absolutely. And now what you've got is a wide open ACC, not to mention that the, the Coastal is uh, their Coastal champion and the champion of the, the ACC this year. Pitt lost a Heisman candidate in Kenny Pickett. Um, that's one of those teams that they have that's once a generation. Pitt's never won the ACC title before. So it's an opportunity for Mario to step right in and be successful right away and get this team to an ACC championship, if not win one, based on the way the rest of the conference looks. But like we talked about last week, remember when I said that if Mario got hired first, that everybody's going to be like, ah, whatever, with the, with the AD. Everybody was hot and heavy about getting the right AD and getting rid of COVID. Who's it going to be? And I was like, ah, whatever. Well, because the football coach is always the guy who's front and center. But uh, I think overall, from, from an athletic uh, department perspective and, and how do you build a championship team right what does it take well takes commitment takes good leadership and Radakovich is that last piece they've got they've got Mario Cristobal now 
who you know is an experienced head coach who's learned a lot, uh, won championships himself as a player. Now it's a matter, do you get that athletic director who, who, who gives you everything that you need, who knows how to uh, go out and, and help the football coach and every facet? Uh, I mean, this is just, it was a huge monumental day. And I'll tell you, you know, behind the scenes, it was a huge risk. I mean, Rudy Fernandez and these guys, uh, you know, leaving Manny Diaz sort of dangling there in the wind, as everybody says, um, not knowing what the future was. I mean, if Mario Cristobal gets cold feet or says, you know what, I got Phil Knight at Oregon, I've got a good situation here, I'm not going to come. There was a very real possibility that Manny Diaz was going to be the coach next year coming off of that from a public sentiment. I mean, people would have just been so angry. I know the marketing department at Miami would have been freaking out. Um, And in the end, it it ends up being a home run hire that that keeps everybody happy. But let's let's talk about this a little bit more and get a little bit more in depth. Carlos, you're you're a college football fan. You've seen Oregon. You've seen what Mario did there. You saw what he did at FIU. What do you think Mario brings for Miami that maybe other coaches haven't had? Because I think the criticism is, hey, you know what? This is just another Miami guy. We had Randy Shannon here before, right? We had Mark Rick who played for the Hurricanes. Um, do you think this is a home run hire? Do you think this leads to national championships? What convinces you maybe or doesn't convince you that, that this is a home run hire? Well, there, there's no guarantee, obviously, that he's going to win a national championship. I mean, that's with every coach. But the fact that he's – the difference between him and Randy Shannon and other Miami guys that have come back and coach, coach is to the fact that he's won elsewhere. He's won at Oregon. He's won Pac-12 titles. He's won a Rose Bowl. He turned an FIU program that was an utter disaster and won two bowl games there. Um, he's a guy that I think brings something to Miami that has been missing for quite some time, even during the Mark Rick area a little bit, which is discipline and attention to detail. And I think that's one of the things that this team's been missing over the last few years is the ability to execute, to not shoot itself in the foot, and to make plays in critical moments and not give up a fourth and 17, a fourth and 15, and just basically piss games away because of their lack of discipline and their lack of focus. And I think Mario's the kind of guy that the first thing he's going to do is instill a brand of discipline and, and a detail-oriented coaching style that's going to benefit this team immediately. Not only that, but as everybody knows, he's a monster recruiter. He's known as one of the best recruiters in the nation. When he was with Alabama, he was voted, I think, the best recruiter in the nation a couple times. Um, he's gotten guys to Oregon that most people probably couldn't get to Oregon. I think you mentioned on the podcast a couple times. Last season, he got uh, the number one player in nine different states at Oregon. So, I mean, if he could do that there. I think it was seven, by the way, for, just for, for factual purposes. Okay. Go ahead. If he could do that there, I mean, imagine what he could do with the, the recruiting base down here in South Florida and Florida and the East Coast in general. He's still going to be able to draw on those guys from Texas that he brings in, maybe even expand a little bit more. Now get into Georgia, which is probably someplace he didn't have much access to when he was at Oregon, and really develop a recruiting pipeline that could be second to none in the country. Yeah, I think those you, you hit it on the head. It's all all what what he brings that's that's different. Although I will say, people would people were saying Randy's a great recruiter. Uh, people said that uh, Mark Richt was a great offensive coach. And what ended up happening by the end, uh, both of them, you know, were, were heading in the wrong direction. So we'll see. I mean, it's a big gamble. The 10-year contract, $80 million. I mean, first of all, there's never been a coach who's made more than $4 million a season at Miami. So this is double that. Uh, there's never been a coach who's gotten more than five years at Miami. He's getting 10. It's double that. So, I mean, this is a huge long-term commitment to this guy. But the administration feels that he is the right choice. I, I was able to confirm through all my conversations here in reporting. 
that not once was Lane Kiffin seriously considered as a head coaching candidate. It was going to be Mario or Manny, no matter what. And uh, I think it's important to note because, um, you know, going forward, uh, if this doesn't work out and people say, well, who do you get to replace Mario down the road? Right. I think, you know, you can almost scratch Lane Kiffin off your list, no matter where he is, uh, because I think right now it's just, you know, in their eyes, uh, Mario was the guy for, for this job. And, and there were things about Lane that they didn't like. And uh, I, I don't know that he'll ever be a candidate here, which is a shame because I think he's a good coach. But very pointed search for Mario, who I will say he did an interview um, with one of the um, uh, columnists up in Oregon, I think from the Oregonian, Joe, uh, John Canzano. He went on there and he was very sad. Did you see that podcast that he did with uh, Mario or no? I heard the audio. I heard like a minute and a half of the audio that he, he was talking about Miami. Yeah. And, and leaving was, Oregon. Yeah. And leaving Oregon. And he was very sad. And, you know, I it, it was tough for Mario to leave there. And in the end, he's taking a gamble here, you know, to come here to Miami and try to right the ship. There's a lot of different problems that this program has compared to Oregon. But, uh, you know, in the end, I think we have to remember that that. Mario Cristobal gave up a lot to come back home. And I, and I know he's getting paid handsomely and all that, but you know, in, in a lot of ways, I think Miami's fan base should be thankful that he gave that up <laughs> to come here because you would have had another year of Manny Diaz. Many of you would have been upset and we know now there were no other alternatives. So uh, I think, I think everybody needs to give Mario a little bit of time to try to fix that defense. Um, obviously he's got a lot of good offensive stars that are back. Uh, led by Tyler Van Dyke, and it'll be interesting to see who he hires as his offensive coordinator. I know some people were speculating Joe Brady. I think there's definitely interest from Joe Brady's side of it. You know, Joe Brady was the offensive coordinator at LSU when well, well he was he was a passing game coordinator, right? And at, at Joe when Joe Burrow and LSU set all kinds of records on their way to their national championship a couple of years ago, and he just got fired by the Carolina Panthers. So uh, I've heard that Joe isn't a guy who necessarily likes to recruit, but hell. Uh, he's got some good quarterbacks right now, and if he's and if he can call that kind of an offense here at Miami, uh, watch out. Um, yeah, and he he learned under Sean Payton as a, as a young assistant before he went to LSU. And I think the other thing that that UM fans should be thankful for is this administration really putting themselves out there, pushing all the chips in, going all in to get the guy they wanted, and to making the commitment financially not for the short term, but for the long term to make this program a leader, their uh, pursuit of radical. Which so for me, the other thing, uh, the, one of the main reasons I think went after Mario, aside from the fact that he was a good fit and is a great coach, he was someone that they feel comfortable with. And truth be told, most of these guys were probably recruited by Mario anyway felt comfortable with that. And I think you see a lot of that with some of the reactions on Twitter where they're, you know, putting out emojis and, and liking the fact that Mario's become the head coach here. So the, the options were Mario or Manny because they wanted to leverage this young talent and try and maximize it next year for the upcoming season. Mm-hmm. Um, let me ask you something. Uh, just as another, and we're going to get to a and a here. I know there's a lot of questions and I want to be able to answer some of them. We're also going to do a live spaces on Tuesday night, tomorrow night. Um, after Mario Cristobal's press conference and hopefully some news re- regarding Radakovich. I'm hoping all that wraps up tomorrow. Um, so we'll do a, a, a spaces at theathletic.com. If you are a subscriber, you can ask questions. If you're just a fan who listens to our podcast, you want to hear what we're talking about live, 
That'll probably take place somewhere around 8 or 9 p.m. tomorrow night. Uh, I'll be tweeting out the details later. We also will have Bruce Feldman of The Athletic on with me to talk about uh, all the changes at Miami. Bruce, of course, is a uh, Miami grad, written books about the Hurricanes and, and obviously loves this program and wants to see it succeed. He wrote a great piece today for The Athletic. Uh, spoke to Mario Cristobal while he was in his office still at Oregon uh, for about uh, five or ten minutes and wrote a story on TheAthletic.com. Do suggest you check it out. Did you get a chance to read it, Carlos? Yes, I did. Good story. Bruce is the best. I mean, aside from you, of course. (laughs) Hey, I have no problem uh, saying Bruce is the best. We are teammates, and uh, he, uh, you know, he was able to confirm the story. I got the details on the contract. I was the first one to be able to report that. But he, 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 uh, you know, as far as uh, Manny getting fired and and. Uh, Mario, you know, telling his players leaving, he 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 got all those details first, and and uh, great reporter uh, to work with. So it'll be and, good. And if you're a Kane, if you're a Kane's fan, if you've never read Kane Mutiny, you need to do that. Absolutely, um, good book. We'll we'll talk. We'll have a good conversation with Bruce on Thursday. But uh, you know, today I want to get to some Q and A questions. But before we do, let me ask you this: it, it is sort of an underlying topic to this. So I think the national media is focused on this story maybe a lot more than we are here because of the coaching change and the future and everybody's forward looking. But did Manny Diaz, Manny Diaz deserve better treatment than he got? I think the reason why it looks like Manny was left hung out to dry was because the search was so public. Uh, I think coaches um, get replaced this way all the time, but it's done a lot more privately. And I think the reason why it was done publicly, or at least information was coming out to the media to be able to sort of give updates as to what was going on was because, again, they wanted those young guys to know this is who we're targeting. This is what we're doing. If we're going to replace your coach, this is who we're going to replace them with. So it, it is a little, you know, it's, it, I'm not going to say it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing in the end because you got the guy you wanted and you got the situation you wanted with the coach you wanted in place. But of course, if you're going out there and actively seeking out a new coach while your coach is out on the recruiting trail, that could look a little shady. But you know what? At the end of the day, this stuff happens all the time. And the media jumping all over Miami today was was kind of not surprising, but it was kind of like, really? You guys are going to do this when knowing what's been going on? When Brian Kelly was out there recruiting and accepted a job uh, after a 45-minute phone conversation while on the recruiting trail? When Lincoln Riley did a press conference and said he wasn't going to LSU and then the next day he's at USC? Like, come on, man. There's, there's shady stuff that goes on all the time. At the end of the day, coaching is a tough business. These guys know what they get themselves into. They know they could be replaced from one day to the next. They know they could be fired at the end of the game and have to clear the locker room. Or in Lane Kiffin's situation, be fired on the tarmac and not be able to fly back with the team. So um, shit like this happens all the time. It's, it's, it's discouraging, obviously, for Manny. I understand he's a good dude, uh, was a good guy in the community here in Miami, did a lot of positive things. At the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it's a business and it's a results-oriented business. And if you don't get the job done, you get replaced. And it's, it's telling that they, they thought enough of him to try and bring him back if they didn't get the guy they wanted in Mario. Um, but again, I think a lot of it has to do with them wanting to, to keep this young core together. Yeah, I think certainly that not having the players leave was, was a big part of this. And uh, I'll tell you, I spoke to some parents who were, you know, discouraged throughout the process. They were just like, why are they doing this to Manny? Why, why, why aren't we getting answers? Why is this taking so long? A, a lot of frustration it was a weird practice on Saturday for these guys. The first practice after the end of the regular season, you have coaches running things and nobody knows, you know, are they going to be here? Uh, Miami picks up a commitment and Wesley Besaint on Saturday. He doesn't know who the coach is going to be. He just says, I love the program. I'm going to go there for the program. 
So, I mean, just a lot of, of, of mixed emotions for people throughout this whole process. But now we're past it. Now we know who the coach is. Now we know who the athletic director, or at least we think we know who the athletic director is going to be. And I think we can sort of settle in after this into recruiting, into the hiring process, into the vision of Mario Cristobal long term. Um, I know many Which, of you again, have- again, since Radakovich isn't done yet, you know, Rudy Fernandez, Joe Echevarria, Manny can give you my number. At the very <laughs> least, like I've been saying. Beer and chicken wings are. I'm here for you. <laughs> um, yeah, well, listen, it's going to be fun the next couple of days and, and, and weeks as, as he builds his staff. I will say this. There's a lot of questions about who coaches the bowl game, all that kind of stuff. First of all, um, these guys are contractually obligated to play out their contracts, right? So they're going to stick around. The assistants are going to stick around and coach the bowl game. I would suspect Just that Simpson? Jess Simpson will probably be named the interim head coach for the game. He's got experience. We could see Garen Justice do it. Um, we could see Rob Likens, or we could see T-Rob. I mean, there's so many different guys who at least have been coordinators or head coaches in their career here at some point or another. Uh, but I just think as assistant head coach, it'll probably be Jess Simpson. But we'll find out uh, tomorrow, hopefully. Hopefully, there'll be an answer. We'll see who they designate as that person. Um, either way, Miami's playing in the Sun Bowl December 31st in El Paso. Oh. I know you're excited about that one. I I um I don't know if I'm gonna go or not. I mean, it's two thousand dollar trip to be out there for three days with airfare and everything else. And uh, yes, two thousand dollars. You know, you could probably buy the city of El Paso for two thousand dollars. Yes. Um. And I, you know, and and the the sucky part for me, and I'm gonna complain on the air. It's this, it's my show here, the Wide Ride Podcast. Um. The sucky part is I can't even jump on a plane. The game is a 10 a.m. kickoff in El Paso, but I can't even get a plane ride back so I can be with my family on New Year's Eve. I know you guys are all like. Whatever, bro. Stop complaining. But the truth is, and you can't spring to bring your family out to beautiful El Paso, Texas. Yeah, New they, Year's Eve. They don't want to be in El Paso, Texas. Uh, although really? they, they, although they might see snow. It snows there every single time I'm in El Paso um, this time of year. Um, but yeah, so so feel bad for me, America. Feel bad for me. Um, all right, let's get to some questions. I, I was gonna give my two cents on Manny Diaz before we get to it. One quick thing on Manny Diaz. Um, you mentioned this is a tough business. Coaches understand everything. Manny Diaz put out a statement, you know, saying he didn't appreciate basically how he was treated, but ultimately he's going to root for the kids. And, you know, the one thing I'll say is Manny Diaz did leave Temple after 17 days to come to his dream job. I would think in some way, shape or form, he understands that this is a rough business. He was fired in the middle of the season at Texas uh, and he's going to, pocket eight million dollars or whatever it is that he ends up pocketing the percentage based on on what Miami owes him but um I I think in the end uh Mandy is going to be a good coach somewhere I just don't think it's ever going to be at Miami and 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 that's just the way it is sometimes sometimes you get your, your opportunity it doesn't work out that doesn't mean he can't come back and be a good coach somewhere somebody mentioned to me maybe he goes to Clemson to be the athletic director I mean not the athletic director the uh, defensive coordinator uh or you know USF or G, you know some G5 school um, to be defensive coordinator. I, I could see him doing that for a year or two and then jumping back into being a head coach somewhere. He'll get that opportunity. Hey, like I said on Twitter, man, and I've, I've told you and Kelvin, I think the move for him is FIU. I mean, you don't have to uproot your family. You're in the same recruiting base. You can try and turn that program around. And, you know, it's basically, it's, it's a good move for him to be able to build his brand as a head coach. And really, if he resurrects that program, puts a feather in his cap to then make a move to a Power 5 potential. Correct. All right, let's dive into the mailbag. And again, I, I, I had about, I don't know, 
I want, I'm not exaggerating when I say it's about 60 or 70 questions in there from people. I know everybody's fired up. They want to get their questions in, but I apologize if we don't get to it here. I may save some of them for Bruce Feldman on Thursday. All right. This is uh, the first question. This is from not insulting to me at all, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Chris Avros at Stringfellow 911. His question is, who all do I need to send fruit baskets to? So who do you think deserves credit for this, Carlos? Uh, well, Joe Javaria and, and Rudy Fernandez send them some nice fruit, fruit baskets. But what about but within, Kirk Herbstreet? I mean, he's an Ohio State guy. I'm not sending him anything. <laughs> he should send. He should send us a national championship, and then we can send him a fruit basket. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I'm in agreement. And you know, to be honest, uh, I think a lot of what this came out of was Barry Jackson's uh, column. I think Barry deserves some credit for for putting out what he did uh, that led to. Herb Street going on his rant. But I will say, uh, I have been saying this for years. Miami didn't care about spending money on football. Nobody just listens to my podcast. So what, what do I know, Carlos? Um, but you could always send us a fruit basket here at Wide Right. We'll happen, happily take one. All right. This is from OVW uh, at Minority Majority on Twitter. Among the assistant coaches, who do you think will get retained by Coach Mario Cristobal? Do you uh, think well, I think any of these guys. I think the number one candidate is obviously Stephen Field. He coached with him at FIU. Um, he coached with him at Oregon, where he was uh, his, his recruiting director at Oregon, I believe. And he came from Oregon to Miami. So I think if there's one guy that's at the top of the list, it would probably be Stephen Field. Um, I think because of the connections down here in terms of recruiting and being a former player, maybe DVD stays. Um, I think in the recruiting department, maybe a lot of those guys get a chance to stay, especially Cooney, who was, uh, from what I've read, was instrumental in getting West Super Saint down here during all this turmoil, which shows a lot in terms of his recruitment ability. Maybe Ishmael stays. Who knows? But I think the, the guy at the top of the list for me is, is probably Stephen Field. Yeah, I mean, I think obviously having that work experience together. But, you know, the thing that's interesting here is the budget that they have and, and who ultimately Mario Cristobal and whoever the athletic director is say, hey, we got to get this guy to be coordinator. And usually the coordinators hire their own guys or bring their own guys, right? I mean, that's that's – part of the deal here yeah. uh, um i i know uh, uh, alex mirabal the offensive line coach uh will be coming with mario they're they're joined at the hip they're actually conjoined twins i don't know if you knew that or not. <laughs> um and from their time at columbus right right that's uh, joaquin gonzalez who i spoke to earlier today <laughs> confirmed that for me lost you there for a second carlos you there kind of like the twins movie with uh with danny devito and arnold schwarzenegger Yes. Yeah, they're they're kind of like the twins in that movie with Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> um, they are because uh, Mario is about three times the size of Alex. Um, all right, this is another question from OVW: Who will coach the bowl game? We just kind of went over that. I think it'll probably be Jeff Simpson. But hey, um, some of the GAs will get an opportunity to be a part of the staff because you need ten coaches. So we'll see. Um, all right, this is from Caesar at Caesar Must on Twitter. What assistance do you think he should be looking at for his new staff? Are there guys nationally that you look at and say, I'd love to have that guy here. He's got a Miami connection. He'd be great. Um, well, um, in terms of Miami connection, I think the, the defense line was the Kevin Patrick. That's the defensive line coach at uh, FAU. Yep. yep. I think that's one guy you, you got to look at. I think um, guys that have connections to, to South Florida, guys that always get mentioned, Trooper Taylor. Um, is one of the guys that has it does a real good job recruiting South Florida. So if you find a spot for him, that may be a guy you look at. Um, I think 
in terms of coordinators, um, I think one of the things that Mario needs to do is really take advantage of his budget and hire some major, some big time coordinators. I think Joe Brady is a guy definitely that would be a, a big time hire down here as an offensive coordinator. Um, I think, you know, he also likes to work with guys he knows he's familiar with and he can trust. So I think Frank Ponce would definitely be on that list uh, for offensive coordinator. People are going to mention Ken Dorsey. I don't think Kenny's going to leave the NFL like you've mentioned, but you know, if he's interested, that'd be a guy to look at. Um, in terms of the defense, I think this is where they could really make a big splash. Uh, you know, go for a guy that's been proven, experienced, and you know is going to cost a lot of money, but is worth it. Now, it also depends on what kind of system he wants to run. Does he want to run an even front base or an odd front base? So does he want to start with that 3-3-5 three, three, look or a 4-2-5? So I would say, you know, look at a Will Muschamp, look at a Jeremy Pruitt. Um, if you can get Charlie Strong out of Jacksonville, uh, who's got a great recruiting ties here in Florida, has been a great defensive coordinator in the past. Um, I think maybe even Charlie Kelly, who's uh, an analyst at Alabama right now, is a defensive coordinator at FSU for a time. So those are guys I think uh, that would be good names. Kevin Steele would probably be another option, uh, a guy to look at. So some major guys that have been proven on the defensive side of the ball. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's, it's going to probably be Joe, Joe Brady, Frank Ponce, uh, maybe Ken Dorsey or it's somebody that, that he pulls out that we're not even talking about that, that uh, a lot of guys don't know about. But I think at the end of the day, he's got to go with guys that are, that are proven and he knows he can plug in and, and build a major staff. With. One person that uh, Charles Fishbine mentioned to me today uh, when I talked to him, and we've had Charles on the podcast before, he mentioned Jimmy Lake from, from out in Washington. Yeah, yeah. Who's one of the best defensive coordinators in the country a couple of years ago as a guy who maybe he considers because they competed against each other in the Pac-12. But, you know, what's interesting is most of his staff out there was from the West Coast. They're, they're West Coast-based guys. So we could see an entirely different staff here. <laughs> Uh, you know, without much of Oregon representation beyond Mirabal. But it'll be interesting to see who he hires and who he looks for. But uh, that'll, that'll all happen here in the next uh, few weeks. I would think coordinators would come first and then and then assist because yeah. those guys are going to want to bring their own dudes as well. Exactly. Um, all right. This is from Luigi. He is at Stats Are Fun. Um, what do you see as a realistic timeline for the development of this program moving forward, all things considered? Taking a step back, it feels like 2023 recruiting and the coaching hires are the two key pieces of this, although closing 2022 strong could be on the table. I guess they're asking how long do you think it'll take Miami to win a championship or, or to compete or go to the college football playoff. When you look at the roster, the way it's compiled now and potentially some of these hires, I, I'm of the opinion, Carlos, that they could be in the playoff next year with Tyler Van Dyke and the guys that they've got on this offense. Well, I mean, they could definitely be in the ACC championship and win it. Uh, I think that's that's probably the, the target for next season. I think it all depends on what Mario's strategy is in terms of bringing talent in. Does he focus in on locking down a bunch of high school recruits to start that recruiting foundation with guys that he wants and the types of players he wants? Or does he see the talent on the offensive side of the football, the opportunities got in front of him, and cherry-pick the, the, the transfer portal to be as good as he can be next year mix in some high school guys this year, and then really go into recruiting uh, high school guys the following year to build that foundation. And if that's the case, then maybe, you know, the, the track isn't necessarily maybe linear. Maybe there's a dip down after next year a little bit, and then it skyrockets again after that. But it really depends on what his recruiting strategy is. Yeah, I, I've heard rumors uh, already about different guys that were interested in coming uh, back to Miami. Um you know, one uh, one interesting name that somebody threw out was Justin Flo, who, who obviously was a big time. I think he was the number one high school linebacker in the country 
who signed with Oregon, but he visited Miami and people were saying, well, maybe that's that's who Miami can bring in at the linebacker position or Terrence Lewis, who is in the transfer report already. He was a five star recruit last year from Maryland. I know that uh, Wesley Besaint, uh and Roland Smith, I think, were angling for him to be able to come back and play at Miami. So I, I you know, I could definitely see a scenario where uh, guys who were four and five star recruits from South Florida or different parts of the state who see the situation now at Miami and say, you know what? I want to go play for Mario Cristobal. Uh, I could see this being a very active transfer portal. I could also see Miami flipping some Oregon kids and getting them to come here. You know, one guy who I know or I felt very strongly would be going to Oregon was Nigel Lee Kelly, um, who Miami was recruiting really, really hard, the defensive lineman out of Dillard. What's yep. to say now that he doesn't just come here knowing Mario Cristobal is in charge? Um, so – We'll see here in the next uh, couple days. I mean, signing days on December 15th, we're nine days away. Uh, but there but there could be, you know, the next month and a half. I mean, you can still sign in February. So this this will be a very interesting time from a personnel standpoint. And and uh, another guy that uh, is, is showing a little bit of interest now is, is Earl uh, Earl Little Jr. Glad you uh, brought him up. Yeah, because yeah, Mario went after him hard. And I heard Earl Sr. talk on podcasts and say that, you know, if it wasn't for Oregon being so far that, you know, his – Earl, Earl Jr. really loved Oregon and was really loved Mario and would consider them seriously, but it was just a distance that was a problem for him. So who knows now? Yeah, that might change. Somebody mentioned to me that I think Mario had already reached out to him and, and talked to him about Miami. So we'll see if he if he turns into the fold here. This could be, I mean, it's incredible, but you know, the fan base that was clamoring for Mario saying, we got to make the change, we got to make the change. We could see immediate results here really quickly. And so when you ask the question, how quickly could Miami win? I think there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of potential here for things to, to turn around quickly. All right. Um, here we go. David Sims, David P. Sims on Twitter. Three questions. With Mario being one of the family, how do you think he'll approach engaging former players? I got to imagine Paradise Camp will be ridiculous this summer. Well, I will say this about Mario. He is a no-nonsense type of guy in the sense that once – you know, he wants calm around his program and peace. I don't know that it's going to be a free for all for former players. Certainly paradise camp is one thing um, during the season, you know, sideline access, all that kind of stuff, which is actually part of David's second question. What's his policy at Oregon about sideline access? I don't know that it's going to be a zoo. I, I think Mario in the end is going to be the kind of guy who is going to allow former players to come back and be a part of the program, but I don't think he's going to let it get out of control either. Yeah. I think it's going to be more of a controlled environment. I think he's going to pick and choose his spots where he can leverage those former players and allow them the access. But at the same time, he doesn't want too many voices uh, trying to coach the kids up and trying to give them uh, messages and information. He wants to be in control of the message. That's why I think it's, it's it, like we talked about on the last podcast, it would be great to get an Alonzo Highsmith to be in a position where he's a director of alumni relations for football. And he can be a guy who organizes that kind of stuff. I think it'd be great if they could uh, attach former players to freshmen or, or guys that are incoming that are new to the program two former players and alumni to learn what the Miami hurricane culture is all about and what the standard is and what they expect and help them develop as, as hurricanes. All right. Any thoughts, news on Ed Reed? This is from David. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Ed Reed and, and chief of staff and whether or not he stays on. I think ultimately that's going to be a Mario Ed Reed conversation and what, uh, what Mario thinks is, is good for Miami. So we'll have to find out until, until Mario gets to talk to him, and I know Mario was flying in tonight. I think he was landing in Opalaka Airport right now around 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock at night uh, with his family. Um, until 
we figure out, uh, you know, that they've had a conversation. It'll, it'll be hard to know what, which way he's leaning. All right. This is uh, from J rod at 80 underscore J rod on Twitter. What if anything, do you think Mario changes as far as how he builds the program here versus Oregon? I, I'll say this first and foremost, I, I think they go to the four two five. The, the, the personnel that you have here isn't, you, you don't have three, four linebackers walking around right. here. Well, so, I think more importantly, I don't think you have a, a three, a three down lineman nose tackle, which is important. I think that's, especially with the talent we have right now, uh, your two best defensive tackles are Leonard Taylor and, and Jared Harrison Hutt. And those two guys are more pass rushing defensive tackles than they are uh, two gap nose type of tackle. So, and I think the talent down here in South Florida and on the East coast really lends itself more to that four, two, five, but even if they don't go with the four, two, five, I think if you go with a three, three, five, you can get a guy like uh, you know, like a Charlie strong or even a, a West uh, Will Muschamp that doesn't necessarily line up with three down linemen all the time and four linebackers. They use that hybrid system where they go over or under front and you end up with a guy that's a linebacker on the, on the defensive line lined up on the line of scrimmage a lot of the time and use him as a pass rushing end. I mean, look what Will Muschamp was able to do for Jason Taylor when he was a defensive coordinator for the Dolphins. Uh, Jason Taylor had his best season as a Dolphin uh, playing outside linebacker, essentially. Yeah, and, and, and you know, I think also you have to give him time here to recruit to what he feels is the best scheme and what he feels is going to work on both sides of the ball. I, I assume he's going to keep the up-tempo spread offense. I mean, that's the personnel that Miami has here now. That's the style that they're going to have to play. So I think you'll see a lot of 12 personnel, a lot of tight end sets too. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see what uh, ultimately ends up happening. They've got a lot of talent to work with. That's the good thing. All right. This is from uh, Connor at Connor 6547-1489. I don't know if it's his prison number or what. I mean, we might have to ask Raul that question. Um, you've been around Mario before. Obviously, he's a great recruiter. What's his number one personality trait that makes him that way? Hmm. Good question. Well, from everything that I've read and everything I've seen, it's, it's intensity. It's uh, work ethic. Those are two main things. He, he hits the trail hard. Uh, he's, he's a dogged recruiter. He's a persistent guy. And I think his ability to sell a vision to recruits is what makes him such a good recruiter. I, I know from talking to him, I also think he's, he's, he's a guy's guy. You know, like, yeah. I think he really, from, from a personal standpoint, engaging with kids, talking to them, uh, he is very much a guy's guy. It makes them feel comfortable in their own skin. And, you know, every time I've talked to Mario and different people who have relationships with Mario, the, the one thing they always say is he always knows how to make them feel comfortable. And that's, that's a skill that every great recruiter has. They, they know their environment and they let people feel natural in their own skin, not uncomfortable. And I think that's, that's his number one personality trait. All right. This is from Armando Zagiri at AY2 Mondo. What do you have, what do you have for all the ESPN pundits and Twitter pundits that said Mario hasn't done anything at Oregon? Uh, well, we have two Pac-12 championships. Uh, we have a third appearance this season. We have a Rose Bowl championship. We have a team that was okay under Willie Tiger, um, and a little bit on its heels after losing Chip Kelly and bringing them back to prominence, being ranked number three in the country at one point, beating Ohio State on the road this season. Um, so, yeah, I think he's done quite a bit. I, I would say, you know, Look, critics are always going to come out and they're going to question whether or not Miami comes back. I think there's sort of a natural, I don't want to call hate towards Miami, but there's always sort of a natural, sort of a natural, eh, it's just Miami. 
Nobody really ever wants to see them back, even though they say it would be great for college football. We'd love it if Miami was good again. Nobody. Yeah, the only reason Miami they want, they want Miami. Be, the only reason they want Miami to be good again is so people can beat them. Right, and and you know, I, I, look, there's nothing that they can criticize about him. No, he didn't get to the college football playoff. Yes, he got his ass beat by Utah each of the last two times he played him. But the bottom line is, Utah was in a pretty bad state when he took over. I think they were four and eight before he took over for for Taggart there, and immediately they went from being a team that was sort of an also ran for a little while after some good years with Chip, Chip Kelly to to being back in the hunt and winning conference championships. And as someone involved in the process said to me when, when the criticism was, hey, he's not that good a coach. He lost the last two games to Utah. Uh, we haven't sniffed the ass of an ACC championship in 17 years, was, was, was what somebody involved in the search process told me. And they would do anything to sniff two ACC titles. And so the guy won two. That is much better than anything Miami's accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. And, and again, this is just the media trying to come down on Miami again and, and loving Miami to be their punching bag because it's easy because it gets ratings. And, and the reason it gets ratings is because they're, you know, we're the bad boy program that everybody's loved to hate since the 80s and the 90s. And three of the biggest documentaries on the 30 for 30 were all about Miami. The U1, the U part two and the, uh, the Catholics versus convicts, which was a game that was stolen from Miami. All right. This is from Marcus Williams at Money Kane on Twitter. Thoughts on the turnover chain and TD rings. Do you think they stay or do you think they leave with Diaz? I think they will not be used in the same manner. I think Mario might use them in a way as a recruiting tool, like to take pictures with. And I think it may be something that's given as an end of game reward for somebody that has a big time game uh, in the locker room. I don't think you'll be seeing it on the sideline. Did Oregon have any of that nonsense on their t- on their side? I don't remember seeing Oregon players celebrate with something, but then again, I wasn't paying attention every week. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. All right, we'll we'll have to look into that. Um, all right, this is from Asher Wildman uh, at Asher Wildman thirteen on Twitter. Did Miami ask Manny if he wanted to coach the bowl game? Uh, I don't know, and I don't think Manny would want to after things went down and based on a statement. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, I don't think that was ever a consideration. And he says, number two, also, who, how, or what will it take to develop O-linemen or have an improved O-line? Say what you will about the defense, but O-line has nothing but misses. Yeah, being an O-lineman at heart, he's always going to be a, a hog molly. He's always going to be a guy that starts with the trenches and recruits that hard and knows that that's where games are won and lost. And his buddy Alex Mirabal is recognized as one of the best offensive line coaches in the country, and I think that's going to help as well. Yeah, you think about some of the offensive linemen that they've turned out here the last couple of years. I would think that Miami's going to make the effort to uh, to upgrade that significantly. All right, this is Hudson Kane uh, at Cantero Henry on Twitter. Is Tom Herman being considered for OC? He did a great job at Ohio State under Urban. Okay, so yeah, I think Tom Herman's probably going to stay in the NFL and wait for an opportunity as a head coach again in college. And from what I've read, he, he enjoys being in the NFL and not having a recruit. Uh, yeah, I, I think a lot of these guys, once they taste the NFL, if they're going to come back to college, it's to be a head coach, not a coordinator. Um, all right, this is from Sadan Long on Twitter at Long Sadan. Uh, his question is, what's the Mario effect going to be on local schools like IMG Academy, St. Thomas Aquinas, and Miami Central? I can tell you from talking to Roland Smith, the coach at Miami Central, that 
Miami will have no problems recruiting there. I think he's got good relationships at both IMG and St. Thomas Aquinas. Mario's respected um, by not just the coaching community, um, but by the kids. And so I don't, I don't suspect that he'll have any problem going into whatever school he wants to get a player. Yeah, I don't think so. And I think uh, you've seen from the reaction across uh, Twitter that he's, he's respected across the country, not just by former Hurricanes, but other guys uh, attached to Oregon. I think Joey Harrington put on a nice tweet about him, saying what, what kind of a guy he is and how much he respects Mario. Um, and I think at the end of the day, just the type of recruiter he is, he's been in those schools before. He's made contact with these guys before. He's got a reputation. So I think it only helped. All right. I, I'm going to wrap it up there, man. I think we've, we've hit enough of these. I'm going to save some of them for uh, Thursday and potentially tomorrow during the, uh, the spaces conversation. You want to join me for the spaces tomorrow? Or are you, have you had enough Carlos? <laughs> I'll see if I can make it. All right, man. Listen, um, final takeaway here before we, we wrap up this episode um, in the long run. And I know this is way, way, way too early. Um, What's your prediction here in the next five years? What do you think Mario is able to accomplish in the next five years uh, here at Miami? This is a 10-year contract, but the first five years, to, if it's a success, what does Miami accomplish in the next five years? I would say uh, at least two ACC championships, a college football playoff appearance, and a national title game appearance. Wow. Those are pretty hefty uh, expectations for him. But considering how much they're paying him and how much money they're going to spend on this football team, I think that's probably fair. I mean, two conferences. And, and I think that's that, that's very reasonable compared to what everybody else is thinking. I think. <laughs> I agree with you. All right, guys. So look, that's going to wrap up tonight's episode. We'll be back later this week. There'll be more wide right. Yeah, make sure to check out Carlos's podcast, the MIA All Day Podcast. Uh, you you had an interview with Raul, right? Actually, Raul just called in and left me a voicemail, and uh, I okay. put it on the pod, so it's on there. Him reacting to to the Mario hire and also him reacting to being set free today. He was, he had a court appearance this morning and he was cleared of all charges. Good for him. What was he charged with? You know, stealing mangoes from other people's yards. And, mm. uh, according to him, you know, it's, it's a false charge and he beat the rap. Good for him. Good for him. Well, the Mar, uh, the, uh, Miami hurricanes, I almost said the Marlins, the Miami hurricanes, uh, stole, stole their, uh, Mario from Oregon. Um, Raul stole mangoes. And, and today, Miami won. Uh, Miami won in all phases. Uh, we will see you guys later this week. Don't forget, tomorrow night, Tuesday night, uh, December 7th, we will be doing a spaces at theathletic.com. Sign up, I think, for 33% off. That was the deal last time. Make sure you jump in there. All right, that, wraps it. that wraps it up, baby. We'll see you guys uh, Thursday with Bruce Feldman. 305 Y'all know y'all come down that way.